Gallery Furniture on Browns Bridge Road in Gainesville. You'll find something for all your home needs and all at great prices. Whether you're looking for a dining room table, a king-size bed for your master bedroom, or a sofa for your living room, Gallery Furniture Gainesville has you covered. Many brands, many styles. They also offer financing. A Monarch table and six chairs plus a bench for $849. Recliners from $299. Tons of bedding options, too. Browns Bridge Road Gainesville Gallery Furniture online at AskForTheWolfMan.com. Hey there, I'm Allison Warren. I've been mostly happily married to David for 28 years, and we are proud parents of four quasi-adult children. When school systems aren't shut down due to COVID-19, you'll find me happily working with my special education students. Don and I met in fifth grade, and here we are 40-plus years later. Our friendship has included lots of laughter, plenty of bad hair days and awkward stages, questionable decisions, and even more questionable boyfriends. Donna gets me and has always been one of my biggest supporters. So happy to see her thriving along with her equally talented husband, Caddy, in her new role. Here's Caddy and Donna with My Second Act. My name is Cadillac Jack. I joined Atlanta Radio when I was 19 years old, but in a loyal 26 years until July 2019. Welcome to My Second Act. My name's Donna and I'm Caddy's wife. I'm feeling um, a little mom sadness. I got to be honest with you right now about something that's kind of going on. I don't, I don't know. Um, Charlotte, our youngest, who is 14, is going into high school next year. She'll be a high school freshman. So our baby, our little baby, who we actually called Baby Shar Shar forever, is going into high school. And she was invited to um, not like a party, but it's like a spend the night party. Um, With parental at, supervision. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Up at the lake, up at Lake Oconee. Um, and it's uh, a family that I don't really know. Like most of, you know, this happens to you when you have younger kids, when they're in elementary school, preschool, really even middle school. You know all the parents, you know all the kids, you know everything about them for the most part, you know. And it it's um, like when they get into high school, you stop knowing the parents. It just happens because they have friends from all over in different places. And I feel that already starting to happen. And I'm obviously I've, I've talked to the, you know, who she's going with and everything's fine. It's not that, but I think I've been over things a hundred times with her to the point where she probably doesn't even want to go. I'm like, okay, don't get on a raft. Make sure the person who's driving the boat hasn't been drinking. Make sure you wear sunscreen, you know, make sure the person's not driving the boat crazy. And these are like, this girl's a little older than her. So I'm like, is she a drinker? Like, stop. Okay. Stop. She's a year older. She's a rising sophomore. Right. Okay. You said to me during a conversation about this this week, uh, about this this week, you said to me something like, uh, it must be nice to go through life and not have a worry in the world. Well, to not be a worrier is what I said. And I said to you, you know what? I, I do worry. But I, I pick and choose what I worry about. And there are things that are out of my control that the way I look at it is there's no point in wasting worry time on that. I know. Because I, you can't yeah. do anything about it. I but wish it was that easy. I, I understand that. And you're also OCD, which doesn't help either. Okay. Well, right. Well, it's true, though. Yeah. It's true, though. But I said to you, she's going to have a great time. No, I know she's going to have she's a great time. She's going to be safe. Yeah, I know all that. I think I'm just kind of like coming to terms with the fact that 
this little baby person. Didn't want anything to do with this anymore. Not even so much that. Well, I mean, not so much that, but that she's spreading her wings as she's supposed to. And I know all of our kids are supposed to. You know, like Will had a 21st birthday, like we've discussed. And and Olivia is going to be 17 in July. But just the, this littlest, tiniest person is going to, to be in high school next year. And be going to parties and dates and stuff. It's just like, oh. Well, her social schedule has started to fill up. Yes. I mean, in the past week alone, I bet she has gone to four or five different events with her friends. Yes. Which and, is great. And I, I want that. I, I, well, I know you, you know, do. I'm I not do. picking on yeah. you. I know you do. But, I but you do. are OCD. Well, that, that has nothing to do with my worrying. That's a different. I just wanted to throw it out there. Yeah, there. thank you. That's a different disorder. Do you want to go through your disorders? This is only an hour podcast. Okay. But I do There's worry a lot. And sometimes that'd part, I. That'd be a part B. I, sometimes I think that I'm envious. I don't mean it mean, but like you lay down at night and you go to sleep. I lay down at night and it takes me forever to fall asleep. I've offered you a trazzy. Okay. Right. Which is how I go to sleep. I mean, a hundred milligram trazodone to put you down like a horse. Okay. <laughs> In fifteen minutes, you'll have the best sleep of your life. I know, and I don't want to go that direction. Okay. I appreciate you doing right. some Nyquil. Okay. Something. Anyway, I'm just saying, I'm a little envious of how you can go to sleep and you don't worry about anything. I worry about everything. This is what I do. So, anyways, I'm I'm happy for her, but you know, I think anyone who has a little, it's your last one. You can understand what I'm going through. So. What was your core 57 hype song? All right. I'm going to add the very underrated Old Dominion. Okay. And specifically a song called Hotel Key. Oh, I love that For one. For no reason other than it's just a great song. Yeah, it's fun. And I, I was listening to, uh, I think it's on Happy Endings. Yeah. CD Happy Endings. I was listening to it uh, yesterday and, and that one came on. And every whether it's on the radio, listening to The Bull or, or you know, whether it's, uh, you know, cycling through on shuffle on my phone or. Whatever, it's just one of those songs that I love to love to listen to. It's just, it's a great great play on words, and um, they're they're a great and again very underrated band, Old Dominion. Check them out if you haven't already. And I have to tell you, I don't think that there is a bad song on that album. If you have not listened to Old Dominion, that's a great one. I mean, every song on there is and just... and Meat and Candy, which is yeah, the other one. oh yeah, that's true. Yep. So that's they're a both good great. They're both great. Old Dominion. Going to add them. So I'm going to add a little T Swizzle, a little Taylor Swift. Okay. Um. Talking about Charlotte, funny story. I'm mean, this is not the song I'm adding, but there's a Taylor Swift song called Out of the Woods. And if you listen to the words, it's more of a um a, a metaphorical, are we out of the woods yet in a relationship? You know, like are we out of the bad times or whatever. But I'll never forget when Charlotte was like probably six years old. I guess we were listening to that song or listening to a lot of Taylor Swift. And so she drew this drawing and it was these two stick figures and they're like in the trees, you know, like <laughs> really in the woods and one stick figure says to the other stick figure are we out of the woods and the other one says no <laughs> i don't know why they, i've always thought that was so funny because it's just so like literal you know what i mean like have we made it out of the woods no anyway that's not my t swizzle song my one is style from 1989 because i just love that song so um we haven't added any taylor swift so i there's I, not on there at all no and i love all of her her stuff. So I'm adding style. Tell us about, uh, you had a, you had a good, like you, you were kind of one of the first people who met Taylor Swift when she was on kind of on the rounds. She's of radio. Like 15, 15, yeah. Years she old. was super young. She, she was also a part of the, um, YouTube did what they're calling the, um, uh, uh, dear class of 2020, which I think dropped over the weekend, but it's four and a half hours. Wow. Of commencement addresses. 
from everybody that you can imagine. Uh, the list is too long, but Taylor's one of them, uh, as are Michelle and Barack Obama. So can you just pull up the one you want to listen to, I've or do they go that. in a loop? Uh, it's, a, it's, it, it's the entire video. I, I think what's happened is the individual celebrities or personalities or p- politicians or whoever that added their spin to it, uh, many of them have pulled out their um, segment and have posted it on this. Katy Perry, I saw that she pulled out hers and posted right. it on her social media channels. Yeah, that's great. Side note, though, we were watching Kimmel. Uh, this week, and Kerry Washington was on, and I guess Jimmy Kimmel and Kerry Washington both also provided commencement addresses, and they were talking about how they were recorded thirty days ago, right? And so much has changed, yeah, in the world. Um, the Obamas were allowed to go back and edit theirs to include what's going on, yeah. In addition to the pandemic, right? But they're also the lead. You know, when you open it, actually, when you when you first watch it, it's uh, Lizza playing the flute, doing pomp and circumstance, uh, pomp and circumstance with the New York Philharmonic. That's awesome. Yeah, Lizzo plays the flute. Taylor's a part of it though, and she talks about how um, she didn't get to go to her graduation because she was such you know she was touring then and and, yeah. and and really kind of trying to make her way into the music lane. So Taylor missed her graduation. I also know that she missed her prom. And she was doing a radio visit to Kix. This is when we were at the old building near the Weather Channel in the Cop Cloverleaf. Um, the morning show set up at this time was myself, Kristen Gates, and Jim Van and Maddie Hoffberg. Jim Van was on with you and Kristen? Yes. Oh my gosh, I don't even remember that. Yeah, for, it wasn't long, but yeah, he was. Okay. Um, and so we knew that she was coming into the radio station. And I've said before that with any artist... I always work backwards, meaning I want to figure out how we can make this a special visit and something that you will, will remember too, and you'll find very memorable and special. So we knew that she just missed her prom. And so I said to Kristen, like she's coming in at 7.30. This is like 6 o'clock. And I said, you know what? We need to throw a prom. Let's throw Taylor Swift a prom when she comes in today. So we sent Matt Hoffberg, who was a, a producer at the time, somewhere that was open. We'll say, I don't know, Kroger, and he, you know, to get flowers and balloons. You had like a sash? We made a sash and and crowned her prom queen on the morning show that morning. Had a crown and uh, Jim Van had voiced. I do remember it now because he has, Jim has such a great deep voice. And so Jim went into another studio and produced a great vocal piece about like, like almost like we were at the prom and there was the screeching of the mic a little bit. Like it was like, (laughs) attention students. Yeah. You're, whatever year it was, you know, 1999, prom queen queen is Taylor Swift. And then Maddie produced it and it went into, or Tug did maybe, and it went into, uh, I had the time of my life. And so Taylor had no idea we were going to do this. And we even had uh, like streamers and confetti. That would go off in the studio right at that moment. Okay. Cause she, again, she had no idea what we were getting ready to do. Yeah. She got a little nervous when I turned the lights off. Right. In the studio. (laughs) As did her mom. But yes. So it went really, really well. And it was fun. She was so surprised. She was so surprised. And she was was so impressed that I saw her the next year. And this is when she was touring on a bus still. Now Taylor Swift hadn't been on a bus in 15 years. Um, This is when she was still on a bus, though, because a year later I went to go visit with her at Lakewood. I guess. Yeah, it would have been Lakewood, I guess, or or, uh, the Omni or whatever, Phillips. And she still had her sash. On her bus, and, and, you know, in her bus, but yeah. it was up in the, the the coach area where everybody just kind of hangs out where the TVs yeah. are and everything. And she showed it to me. She goes, I just want you to remember that I just want you to know that that was truly a special moment for me that you thought about throwing me a prom because you knew that I wasn't going to, I couldn't have one in high school. 
my prom. That's awesome. And she remembered that. Now, the next year it was gone when I saw her. It wasn't there anymore. But we have a great picture. We'll load it into the letter. Of, of, her, of her and you and when you had given her that. And, the crown. She wearing the crown. Yeah. And, yeah. And she was, you know, I know like now every time she wins an award, she does that. Everyone calls it the like Taylor Swift like surprise thing. But she was genuinely like surprised and, you know, so thankful that you guys had done that. I mean, that's something. And I think what she said this year was, you know, to the graduates is um, expect the unexpected. And that, you know, whatever everyone's going through is not exactly what they had pictured. You know, and, and she she is kind of one of those people who can speak to that because, like you said, she she missed a lot of that stuff while she was out, you know, trying to start her career. So and also check out uh, YouTube Originals Dear Class of 2020, especially if you have a graduate this year. Uh, yeah, absolutely. but it's worth checking out just to it's worth listening to and watching. Maybe you don't have four and a half hours. I don't suspect that you do. I mean, yeah. you could break them up. I have an hour and a half left in my week after devoting three hours to 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days. The couples tell all. It's it's insane. Three hours. And then three hours for the new Bachelor Bachelorette thing that ABC launched this week. Which I have no feel file for that. Like, I, and, and do you not feel like shows are getting longer? Like well, they're the, having to stretch. The commitment. But even just the commitment level. Like, I mean, why wouldn't you? My thing is, like, take that Bachelor thing and break it up over a couple well, of they're doing 10 weeks of it. Of nights, though. Every, like in, well, that's the whole point, though. They want to give you an entire season in one night. Ugh. In three hours. Okay. I'm not watching it. I happened to see a little bit of it earlier this week. Okay. Are they going in any kind of order? No. No. I've read, you know, I've read about it. Hang on. I actually made a couple notes here. We can go ahead and do this. Um, yeah, I'm a little confused by it. I didn't really understand. It's going to be on August 10th. Harrison hosts a show from. Uh, yeah, he's sort of like Ryan Seacrest. Like yeah, and his idol. son. I, I, I did watch for a couple minutes. His son, who just graduated high school, is actually running the cameras and things for him. Oh. Because um, he acknowledged his son and put him on camera for a little bit. Uh, it includes a full recap of one entire season of The Bachelor or The Bachelorette. In one night. In one night, in a three-hour period. Um, so last, uh, when if you're listening to this day of release, the week well, of, this, this week. The first one was the Sean, Sean yeah. guy. Yeah. And let's see here. Who's married now and has kids. Like It's almost like, I think, like I was seeing, seeing where Caitlin Bristow was like, um, we're going to do a, a retros, uh, you know, collection of The Bachelor. They said it would be fun. And then she's like, oh, boy. Because it's like some of the stuff, I'm sure some of these people are like, God, I wanted to leave that in the vault. You know what I mean? Like, Well, I, I did notice that they, I don't know the names, but someone, Chris Harrison acknowledged that someone from Sean Lowe's season 17 season um, did refuse to be a part of it. Yeah. And this person was, I guess, a pretty pivotal person pivotal person in the plot. And yeah, like imagine if they like started, you know, gone on and become very successful in their career and they did some things and they're like, oh God, I was hoping this would never see the light of day again, you know? Pilot Pete, and then what they call him? Yes. Uh, his, because he's so recent, that's not going to be one of the ones that they pick. But there are 24 seasons of The Bachelor, 15 seasons of The Bachelorette to choose from. For Good ABC. Lord. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. I don't uh, know that I have fun for that. I don't either. We have had so many laughs in the past few days. About Cabbage Patch dolls. Oh, I think they're creepy. I'm just going to go on record and say, I know I'm going to get some heat on this, but they creep me out. And our conversation and many, many laughs began after you saw a, face on Facebook, uh, a post on Facebook. My friend Kelly. So she has 13 Cabbage Patch dolls. Kelly's I, an adult. Yeah, she's an adult, which I have to tell you, Kelly is one of my really dear friends. I had no idea she had 13 Cabbage Patch dolls. Don't know how that would come up in conversation. But here's the funny thing about Kelly and these dolls. So she lives 
in Athens now, but she used to live in Buckhead. And when we were both um, kind of single, we would, you know, hang out and she was in media too. So we would go and do a lot of like industry things. And she was dating at the time and she had a condo in Buckhead. And I remember one time I came back to it and there was a Cabbage Patch doll, a boy Cabbage Patch doll, like in her bedroom. And I was like, fully clothed, like with of pants. Course, and, yes. Well, I mean, I, well, yeah, he has like that. You know how they were just dressed weird. So weird too. Well, he had like mom jeans and like yeah. a, a Cub Scout belt on. It was just odd. Did you put through like the the, the metal loops? Yes, yeah. it was. Which takes time to dress this little boy, this little doll, you know. And so I was like, Kelly, why do you have that? And she's like, Oh, I have a. I think I did. I don't think she told me she had thirteen, but she said, Oh, I have a bunch of them. I had them all when I was growing up, and I just have it here. And I'm like, Okay. If you do not want to stay single, that thing's got to go in the closet. And his name was ready for this because he always had these crazy crack-a-dack-up names. His name was Harlan Bartholomew. Like he's from like, you know, Rhodes College or Tote Boarding I, School. Harlan Bartholomew. I've learned, though, that the the people that made the babies Baby named in general, them. they named them. And, and that's in Cleveland. Yeah, in Cleveland, Georgia. Georgia. And I, somebody was saying, like, were you in on this? And I kind of remember it, but I was definitely older because Kelly's younger than me. So I, I probably wouldn't have been playing with them at that time. I, I definitely remember the, I can see the commercials where they were, like, hatching out of the cabbage. But they just kind of have those weird little looks on them and the hair, the little yarn hair. But the names is what cracks me up. So in, like, her feed when she posted Harlan, um, Everybody started like posting their dolls and it was just like so creepy. But the names cracked me up like Lavinia Merle was one of them. Um, Hetty Adair. I mean, like just creepy. Old people. people. Names. Yes. Creepy. little people. Because old people were making these dolls. I'm telling you up at Cleveland General. It was wherever it was. It was just so odd. And then if you remember, they sold out to Kmart and they started making the little lettuce wraps. You know, which was like their knockoff or whatever they were called. You know, the little knockoff version of a cabbage. So they started mass marketing them. And then they came like in the box with the plastic. And they still had the um, the, the adoption certificates, but I don't think it was quite, you know, the same. These dolls were expensive up at Cabbage Patch because you would go, you had to make an appointment, and you would go and they would deliver the baby and give you the baby. And you had to have a lesson in how to, you know, change the baby's diapers and take care of it crazy like who are these people that they hired to work at this place do you think to birth hosiery dogs dolls do you think that like there was more than one hattie bartholomew no harlan no Donna, they're ha they, no why do you think these names have, are so crazy because they could they, not have come up with that many names i think There's they no put way. them in like a name computer and like they just like a generator okay I don't know if they handled those back then. They, they didn't. Or maybe they had like a, you know, like one of those things you go and play bingo. <laughs> and they just spit out, spit out letters. Yeah. And they just put it in there. Whatever it spells. Twirl it and yeah. you pull the names out. But I don't know. So here's the thing. You and I started talking about this and you came clean to me that you had a doll. Well, you didn't know. Did we I talk did about not have a doll. Okay. When my parents divorced in third grade, maybe. My dad moved into a, and I've, I think I've trained my dad how to listen to the podcast. I'm very excited. So if you're oh, listening, no. perhaps I love you and thank you. <laughs> and as I told him though on the front end, I said, listen, we're very honest in our yeah, conversations about everything. About everything. Right. So, yeah. you know, but, um, hey, perhaps. And so, um, he moved into a, a home with an older couple because he, he wanted a place to live. Well, but he also wanted to be near. Yeah. 
my sister and I, and he lived this house was maybe five miles from there. And there was an older couple that lived in the home and they owned it, but they spent probably 90% of their time here in Carrollton, Georgia, which is on, on the West side, way West side of Atlanta towards Alabama. I'd never heard of Carrollton, Georgia at the time, never knew where it was or what it was, but I always thought that it was strange now that, um, Ogretta. Okay. That sounds like a cabbage patch doll. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, let's just start there. Oh, Greta. Oh, Greta and her husband, David. Okay. And they lived, uh, I guess they had two homes, but spent most of the year here in Carrollton. And so dad, we would always, that's where we would go to visit with dad. Oh, Greta made knockoff Cabbage Patch dolls. And I think a lot of people did. So she made them with the hosiery and the hair, the yarn hair. She dress them? Uh, yeah. Okay. She had to dress them. Here's why. They had parts. The doll that I had that my father gave to me had a penis. Stop it. Just stop. It had a penis doll. Stop. It was an African-American doll, and he had a penis. I could not make, why would I make this up? I've talked to my, I called my dad, because I'm getting ready to tell another story about my dad here in a moment, the, the, the conversation that we had over the weekend. I, I called my dad on the phone. To find out about this, because I knew that we were like, you and I, we didn't know this was going to turn into content for the podcast, but we just laughed, laughed, laughed for days recently about Cabbage Patch dolls. And and I knew you had kids. a doll, but I didn't know it had parts. Yes, he had a penis. Stop. Stop saying that. <laughs> stop. Stop. Now, my sister also got one, but the girls didn't have parts. Oh, they didn't? Just the boys. Okay. I, yeah. I just. <laughs> and there was no name. You didn't get a name. For your doll. There wasn't a special carry case. There wasn't a burpee cloth that you brought home. So was this what she did for a living? She like sold She them. sold them on the side. Yeah, she made them and So sold she them probably just side. gave one to your dad and said, hey, Hyde can have this little doll. I don't know how that played and out. And Julie you know, can have she, one too. Yes. And yours just happened to have parts. Did it have jeans? What did it wear? Um, basketball shorts. Stop it. <laughs> okay, stop. All right. Stop. I don't. I, he had to have been clothed to cover his yes. penis. Yes. Okay. Please, I'm going to ask you again. Stop saying that word. But it was, uh, and, and Dad told me that David, her husband, he said, "I don't." I, I, I Dad said, I, "I assume they're not around anymore." I said, "Dad, I don't. I don't know that Ogreta and David are around anymore." But uh, Dad said David was nearly entirely blind, and he loved the Atlanta Braves. And so, Aww. the rare occasion that they were all in Hickory, which is where I lived growing up, and they were in Carrollton, and Ogreta and, and and David were back at home in Hickory. Dad was there, and maybe I was there. Dad said that he would watch. Uh, well, he couldn't watch because he was blind, but he would listen to, to, the Braves. to Braves to Braves games. He was a huge Braves fan, and so, so he probably had no idea that Ogreta was making, putting these parts on these dolls. I, I guess not, because he didn't see it. He also, yeah, yeah. But Dad said that he would scoot right up to the TV, be about two feet from it. I don't know if he just what hoped one day to that, that doll? He, he'd have vision and could watch the Braves. I don't know why he scooted up so close to the TV. Okay, what happened to that doll? I have no idea. You said you think that oh, yeah. my sister Jujana's doll is at the Mountain House. I think it is. I'll tell you, unless I have it confused with that weird little Easter bunny that we used to like. when What we used to do to just drive you crazy, me and the kids, is you would fall asleep on the couch. Like, cause you were taught, you know, you take a nap or whatever up in the mountain, so nice, the air and everything. And we would put that bunny on top of you, like, to, like it was cuddling you. And every time you would wake up and you're like, why is this bunny doll on top of me? So I, but I honestly, I think that that, I think her knockoff Cabbage Patch doll is on her bed. 
So if you're out there and you're listening and you have these Cabbage Patch dolls and you're single, you need to put them in your closet. You just do. That's not something you pull those out later. Did I ever tell you that I have a collection of Cabbage Patch dolls? But you I don't, don't even know that you pulled that one out. No. <laughs> but you don't lead with that, you know? Here's what I would like, and I'm, I'm going to post this on social media too. For this weekend's The Letter, and we may even carry it over to next Saturday as well, but for the next two weeks in The Letter, let's include pictures of your Cabbage Patch dolls. Oh, gosh, as if life's not crazy enough and creepy enough. And you can uh, you can send them to me on social media. You can Make sure uh, you tell us their names. Absolutely. And your name and where you live. Yes. But on uh, the Cadillac Jack Facebook fan page, on Twitter and Instagram, at ATL Cadillac, at ATL Cadillac is how you can reach out to me directly there. And we'll include some of them in the letter that hits your inbox every Saturday around 9 o'clock. How about that? The world has changed, but your desire to live your healthiest life has not. From temperature checks to extra deep cleaning, your health and safety, when you visit Wellstar, whether it's their offices, their health parks, their hospitals, uh, your health and safety remains their top priority. Primary care and specialty medical experts are ready to see you through any health concern you may have. We are here for Georgia, and we are here for you. Wellstar, more than healthcare, people care. Tracy Cousineau. And her team of certified home selling advisors, her real estate expert advisors, can not only get you up to 18% more for your home, they have an entire team of 20-plus professionals all working for you. If all real estate agents were created equally, then every agent would be able to get you top dollar when selling your home. Big difference in a traditional real estate agent and Tracy Cousineau's team of real estate expert advisors. TracyCousineau.com, that's cousin with an E-A-U because you know Tracy is going to sell your home. Spent a lot of time with dad on the phone over the weekend, and he shared a story with me. I've not told you this story yet, but um, dad said to me, there's nothing new about what's going on in the world today with all the unrest and protests and, and then the murder of George Floyd. And my dad shared a story with me that he'd never told me before. Uh, my dad was an art major at Western Carolina University. He taught art when my mom, uh, when he and my mom first got married um, in Charlotte, in, in Charlotte Mecklenburg schools. And he's an amazing artist. He truly is. Yeah, he really is. And so dad actually went and taught at an inner city school in Charlotte. And this particular week, they were uh, doing projects with uh, pottery making things, and then Dad would fire them in the kiln. The kiln. Is that yep. right? Yep. So that's what was going on in the art class. Back up just a moment to let you know that Dad had gone to the principal of Piedmont Junior High School and said to the principal, listen, I would really like to paint the center circle on the basketball court in the gym because it was just a, a circle. Mm -hmm. You know, like a black circle. So dad wanted to turn it into like the mascot. or Yeah, something. like an Just, art piece or right, something. Right, of course. Yeah. And the principal said, absolutely. Absolutely, Bill. Here's what I'll do. Come see me Friday. I'll give you a key to the school. You can come in Saturday. Do it. Lock up. Give me the key back on Monday. Thank you very much. Fantastic idea. The kids will love it. Mm -hmm. Friday comes around. Dad gets the key from the principal. Now they're doing the uh, the, the, the the pottery in class. And, and dad, for the first time in his years as a teacher, Left the school that afternoon without unplugging the kiln. The kiln. Mm. He says to me, your mom and I are sleeping about 11 o'clock. I stand straight out of bed. He remembered. He remembered. 
he also remembered that he had a key to the school. So he and my mom got up, got out of bed, they got dressed, and they drove into the city. They lived uh, uh, out near uh, Paul Creek, if you're familiar with the Charlotte area, or if you listen up there. Paul Creek, P-A-W, Paul Creek. And so um, they went to the school. Dad said, you know, we made this one turn, and we see the school, and there's no flames coming out of it. Dad's like, I feel relieved, and we're just going to go into the school. I'm going to unplug the kiln, and then we're going to be out. Right. And so they pull in. They unlock the front door to the school. They go down to the art room. That's says, pretty long walk down some 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 long halls and they go into the art room and things are fine and they unplug the kiln. They then turn around, start walking back up the same long hall and at this point they can see flashlights that are shining everywhere. Because someone thinks someone's broken in. Well, it's the police department. Oh. And so they, they find mom and dad with their flashlights and they stop and are jarred a little bit and they say, who are you and what are you doing here? My dad says, my name's Bill Choate. I'm the art teacher here. This is my wife, Jane. I have a key to the school. I forgot to turn off the kiln. I remembered it, and I came back to do that tonight. And, you know, they have their hands up and everything. One of the police officers says to my dad, that's a shame. I thought I was going to get to shoot a tonight. Wow. How's that hit? What? 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 What time? I mean, like what? This age? is like two o'clock in the morning. No, no, but what well, maybe year not like, is, What year is uh, this? this well, I was born in seventy three, so this would have been nineteen sixty five. Nineteen in the nineteen sixties, we'll say. That makes me really sad. It did me. It, it made me sick to my stomach. But Dad prefaced the story, and I wrote it down in quotes, and you're seeing it right here. Nothing at all is new about what's going on right now. Think of how many years have passed. And I mean, we're still. And what changes have been made. Right. right. It made me sick to my stomach. I, I hope that wasn't too much. I, that was not for dramatic effect. That was not for anything other than that's what happened. That, that's how crazy, that's how sick it can be with those bad apples that we have talked about that are still a part of everyday society mm-hmm. in every way. But also in law enforcement, we've we've made the comment, and I've talked to so many of my friends that are law enforcement, and 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 there's no one, and I've said this before, I won't say it again though, there is no one that hates a bad cop more than a good cop. Yeah. But there were three cops that night, Donna, at Piedmont Junior High School, and the other two didn't say a word. Hmm. But that was his response. I just it's, it hit so heavy, you know. It's like. Things just because you're right. I mean, you're, you're talking about the '60s to now, and as your dad said, there is nothing new about what's going on, and and that's so sad that in that time period we haven't come further, and that we're going. And I think that's what it feels like for a lot of your dad's generation, um, even my mom, who's older. It, we're going backwards. You know, we're going deep, deep backwards where people aren't listening to each other and it's just yelling. And hopefully what has changed just since we've started talking about this in the past two weeks is that things are becoming at least more civil to where there's dialogue and people can listen and hear. Because just yelling at each other or yelling about things or looting, 
doesn't get to the root of the problem to where people can actually hear you. And that's what you want. You know, at the end of the day, you want, you want dialogue. You want somebody to say something to someone that changes their heart or the way they feel or the way they act or the way they interact with people. So that's sad. But I wanted to share, I'm hot. Just that, that story made me hot. Does that make sense? I mean, just, I just, yes, made me sick. All right, let's, uh, let's lift it up. Let's talk about the whole, t- let's jump around here. I'm sorry. Let's talk about the temperature reading thing. Well, if you're hot, we'll take your temperature. Well, I was just seeing the other day that, um, you know, things are starting to reopen. Like the zoo is starting to reopen. The, um, you know, different things are starting to kind of reopen with conditions. And so Six Flags and Whitewater, which are owned by the same company, are reopening. But they are reopening and they say they're going to have these thermal temperature check, checkpoints as you come through. And what happens is you come through the checkpoint and the person, whoever's monitoring the the scanning, sees all of these different temperatures. It's basically like you're in infrared. Um, I saw a video about it. And it shows your, you know, temperature kind of above your head. The problem is the guy who, um, I don't know that he's this company, but he he has a company with these types of, you know, thermal thermometers or whatever they are, infrared, you know, stuff, stuff that way above our pay grade. But he said when a lot of people are coming through the gate, like it's a football game or it's, um, you know, Six Flags or, or, or anything, that you get false readings. Because it's kind of like, if you think about it, like a police shooting a radar gun, you know, at a bunch of cars on 85. And then they say when they pull you over, and, you know, I know there's a lot of technology, but that you were the one who was, you know, going over there may have been three four cars in a pack yeah and so that's what this person was saying is that they actually your argument could have been yeah how did you know it was me how did you know it was me so that that same theory applies with certain people to this this temperature taking thing yeah so and so and they, they have them at the Gwinnett County Courthouse right now and they're having the same kind of situations where they have to limit the people that are coming through because they want to get the accurate temperatures but they also say that if you've been standing outside in the heat for more than 10 minutes that your temperature goes up when you come through and imagine like at Six Flags, how hot it is standing on that like black asphalt before you come in and that, I mean, you could come through with 110 and you're out history. But I said to you, and again, I have taken my kids to Six Flags so many times. I came, that's where I hung out when I was growing up in, in Atlanta and Whitewater. I've taken them there so many times. But I mean, if you are one of the first ones when the world opens back up to line up at Whitewater, you could care less what anyone around you's temperature is. You know what I mean? Like if you if you're there for day one. If you are there on day one with your floaty ready to come through the gate. <laughs> again, you have to remember that these water machines have not they've been dormant for 3 months, okay? Let's be, let's be careful here though. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that they've you. been plurt I'm sure all of that, but that they have been worked on. I'm not saying that. During the pandemic. But just imagine the first time they fire that water up. I think we need to say that. Yeah. I think there needs to be a disclaimer. Okay. Well, I love these places. But again, I've I've been very open that before, I love Six Flags, but before I get on the mind bender, I want want it to go around a couple of times, you know? (laughs) I want to make sure the tracks are greased, the bolts are in. And that Eddie, who's running that board over there and pushes that main switch green button, 
knows he uses his right it's finger and Eddie. not his left finger. He's steady Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, seriously. I just, I don't know. I mean, I of all the places that you're dying to get back to, and I know they're fun, don't get me wrong, but well, I don't know. And we were talking about, so Disney World. Okay, so Universal's opened back up. And they're limiting the number of people who can come through the gate every day. And they are selling masks, of course. Like masks are the new um, rain jackets. Yeah, yeah. The new well, ponchos. Well, we joked about that. Even yeah. when we worked for Disney, we, yeah. we knew the trick. If you're ever at Disney or anything part now, and there is even the slightest chance of rain, or there's out, a dark push cloud. Them. They push them out. They come from out of the ground. Yes. They come from underneath the pavement, underneath the parking lots, and these kiosks of raincoats Just for appear. $49.99 and umbrellas for $39.99 appear. At every gift shop in every park. Yes. On every corner in every park, really. And it's all very well orchestrated. It is, know. because as soon as the sun comes out, they disappear suddenly. They disappear. I don't know how someone clicks their heels or snaps their fingers, but these these same kiosks that popped up from underneath the ground as it was beginning to rain, they just disappear. Yeah, absolutely. Like dead flowers, they're gone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Gum. Never see gum at Disney World. Well, so our question was, I mean, here's my thing. If you have saved, which... Everyone has to do to go to Disney. We were so lucky that for so long our radio stations were owned by Disney and we were able to go there for hardly anything. You know, when the kids were little and we were taking them all the time. But if you save for Disney, which every family has to do, and you're so excited to finally go and you get down there and you drive to the Magic Kingdom and you've checked in your hotel and you're ready to go. And maybe, I mean, when you've had kids, you travel with them, they... Someone may have strep, someone may have contracted a cold on the way down there, and you're just trying to hold it together to get through the vacation week. And you get to the gates, and bang, you get, like, knocked out because you've got, <laughs> maybe it's just a slight fever. I mean, like a 99.3. You know what I mean? Where on a normal day, you'd be like, stick them in the stroller and Give keep some pushing. Water. Yeah. We can get through this. Power through it. Right. Okay, but so then do you get like knocked out? We were talking about this. Is like, is there going to be travel insurance for people for the pandemic now for like a, a fever? You know, like normally there's a, uh, what would it be? Like if, I don't know, like if there was some reason you couldn't go on your cruise or on your vacation, you get. Okay, your travel insurance. You travel insurance, yeah, you get yeah, money back. Yeah. Is there going to be that now for. I would think that there would be. And I think that it would also apply to, um, uh, you know, ballparks to. Anywhere where there are, there's entertainment in any form. Right. With mass gatherings. Yeah. Because they're not, Disney's not going to let you in if you're 99.3. They're just not going to do but it. But imagine so, this is your one shot. Family, suffers. The entire family has to back out. Unless dad wants, you know, I don't know. I, there's, I guess you could handle it a couple of different ways, but it's going to throw a huge kink in your $10,000 family Disney vacation. So here's what I'm thinking. Is there a section that they will oh, let in... Like the, the ill, the ill, Those yes, with the coronavirus? <laughs> maybe not Corona okay. again. All right. There's a difference. Clearly, they're not going to let people in with Corona, but maybe there's a section with people who have a mild cold. You get to do the carousel of progress that and, and maybe the, the people move the, the president's hall. Yes. The people move the places that country bear jamboree. Yes. The places that you go when you're either elderly, hot, overheated, your vertigo, you just got off some crazy ride with your kids and your vertigo is gone overboard like that Harry Potter ride that did me in for three days at Universal. Like those places that you can go and rest. Could could you maybe get a separate ticket? And it was like the... For corona, coronavirus Yeah, not corona. Coronavirus land. <laughs> not corona land. Not corona land. But I mean, just a place that you could enjoy <sighs> Disney on a smaller level. 
you know. But pay the same price? I don't know. But, I mean, there's a lot to work out here. There really are. There are a lot of details to work out here. How's this going to play in the real world with these detectors? And they cost thirty uh, dollars oh $30,000 They're piece. not cheap. They're not cheap, and they're not 100% accurate. And I know that at the Gwinnett County Courthouse, not that I've been recently, but I know that at the Gwinnett County Courthouse that they have been doing them by hand. Every person got their temperature taken right. by hand. And so the city council approved Gwinnett County's in, in north east. North of Atlanta. Yeah, northeast of Atlanta. And, um, and so they've been doing it by hand, but they wanted absolute contactless right. temperature taking. It was taking too long, they said. And I think that it's not that these, the company that makes them, it's not that they're not. Um, they make stoplights. Right. Yes, it's the same same technology as like the red light cameras. It's not that they're not, uh, they can't be official. It's just they were never designed to do massive amounts of people coming through, you know. So, oh, what a mess. Yeah, I am advocating for a section of, Parks where oh, they can't do that. Where the sick and weak can go. They can't do that. Yes. <laughs> the, where the sick and weak can go. <laughs> and still have, have fun. Have a home. Have fun and still if have fun. If you're sick and weak, you don't need to be at an and amusement everybody park. has been there. If you have a family of like more than two people where one child is maybe a little not feeling well, you know, and you're like, yeah. oh. I want to talk about a traffic study that I found. And the window for this is uh, the period, compares the period five weeks after the emergency declaration because of the pandemic uh, to what things were like before the coronavirus. And it's about, specifically about how you are behaving in your car now. And the study found that speeding is up nearly 20% right now. And it also found, Donna, more drivers are not obeying stop signs. And I would imagine that also means that more drivers are turning left on red. Ugh. Like I know you did the other day because our youngest Charlotte turned you in when she was in my truck with me. It was necessary. We are seeing lighter than normal rush hours, but the crashes we do see are way more severe. Uh, very, very bad crashes. Don't let the fear of the unknown, which could be for you paying for an attorney or seeking medical help, uh, medical help or medical care, stop you from getting the treatment you need. And the cash money you deserve. Every wreck can be dealt with properly when you partner with 1-800-HURT-911. They're going to find you the right injury doctor, injury attorney, medical specialist that you need to get you on the fast road to recovery. The HURT-911 Injury Group, 1-800-HURT-911, Georgia's premier choice in accident care. 1-800-HURT-911. The official meal kit for families is Dinner Affair, Three Steps to a Nutritious home-cooked meal. You select your menu, choose your delivery date, and enjoy delicious dinners. The menu changes every month. 15 new selections every single month. And dinner affair dinners are tailored for all ages and all tastes. Uh, kids love that uh, you can keep all the spicy salsas and onions and other ingredients separate for your pickiest eaters. And as parents, we love the sophisticated flavors that you find at popular local restaurants. Two to three easy steps to get dinner on the table, always 100% guaranteed, 30 bucks off your first order when you use the promo code CADDY, that's C-A-D-D-Y, at dinner, A-F-A-R-E dot com. Brooke Scott is a pod peep for this episode of My Second Act. And Brooke uh, reached out to me. She actually replied to the letter. And if you get the letter, which is our you know weekly e newsletter, if you get it on Saturdays at 9 o'clock, you can reply and it comes straight back to my email. Brooke writes, some heavy stuff in the pods this week. 
Thank you again for being so humble and relatable. From nursing home heartache to fear of divorce when arguing, each week I find myself saying, yep, been there. There's one topic that I've been thinking about all week, and I just can't let it go without mentioning it. It has to do with the controversial conversation about P1s. Do people really number their radio stations in order of favorites instead of numeric order like I do? I was Tuesday years old. (laughs) Best to you both, uh, Brooke. The conversation Brooke's referring to uh, was in a very recent podcast about P1s, and, and it was a conversation about radio. And P1 is a term that is used in radio to signify or signal a listener who is the most loyal and devoted to your station that a listener can be. P1, meaning preset one. What it refers to is the presets in your car, on your car radio. Your number one choice is P1. If I'm a country listener, my P1 is 94.9 The Bull. Right now, in my truck, my preset two is probably SBAM. And I, I switch them up, I'm, uh, you know, uh, a lot. P3 for me, my car is probably Power 96.1. And P4 for me is uh, Star 94. See, and I understand what Brooke is saying because I I don't have mine that way. Which way though? I don't have my set up to your your my favorite your, your like your likeness right. or love for a particular station. But okay. I think I've been thinking a lot about this. What she said. I think also P one is a very old. I mean, it's been around in radio forever, as long as I've been selling radio, and I think it refers to the way radio used to be in cars where it was almost like there were boxes and they were set buttons. Now, like in my car, I have a dial knob that moves the, the, um, stations around in order of frequency. So I think as cars became more modern, the way radio is done in every car is totally different. So I understand what she's saying that like when she was today years old, that most people may not have their radio set up that way, but it's whatever, even if you have a dial knob, it's the first station when you turn on your car that you go to. It's going to be playing or that you're going to go to. Or you're going to go to. You may have been listening to WSB for traffic on your way home from work, but the minute you fire up your car in the morning, it's the place that you have to turn your dial to because you're like, I've got to hear what such and such is saying or what they're talking about. It's your number one go-to. So I understand what she's saying where the terminology is kind of interesting, but what it means for a radio station is, you know, it's kind of like you can't be all things, you can't be target, you can't be all things to all people. So what radio stations do is they program to their specific, what they feel is their P1 audience. Maybe that's women with kids that are 25 to 34, 25 to 44. You know, when I was selling radio, they used to say the sweet spot, you know, the place that most advertisers want to reach was women. You know, 25, it used to be 25 to 54. Then it came down a little bit, 25 to 49. And what you find with radio, when you hear radio stations, you know, say, And they say it sometimes in their liners that run on the radio station. Your number one station for, you know, rock or, you know, Atlanta's favorite choice for country. But Smiley Gibbons in the morning. Yeah. But anyone can be 
number one somewhere. And we've talked about that. Like it depends on if you, for advertisers, what demo they're trying to reach. But the radio station may tout their numbers as we're number one, you know, whatever, 12 to 17, (laughs) you know. The Atlanta radio ratings just came out this week. Yeah. For the month of May, which is when things are starting to turn around a little bit. And we call it, you know, people are starting to sort of come out of their soft reopenings. Yes. Um, and if you recall, Georgia was one of the first states to uh, to open back up. Right. And so radio in Georgia and in Atlanta specifically has actually begun to turn around a little bit. But you talked about everybody could be number one. In the most recent uh, Atlanta ratings, uh, the lowest rated FM station in town was Rock 100.5 with Bailey and Southside. And they had a 1.6. If you dug around, and that was six plus. Right. Six plus, which is every, that, that number includes everybody. And six plus meaning six years old. Right. Until death. <laughs> right. Actually ends, I think, at 78 or something. But anyway, if you got in there and started digging around in the numbers and you looked deep enough, you could probably make a case. That they're doing great with men. That somewhere, men 1834 who listen from 715 to 730 in the morning and love Van Halen, we're number one. Yeah. Everybody can do it. it it's it, it's it, there's a little bit of trickery there. Well, and that's a tougher station for, for them to, to come up higher in the ratings. Don't want to pick on them because they are so niche programmed. You know, the, most rock stations are not programmed for females. They're not programmed for kids. You know, they are programmed for males. But they have female listeners. Some. I think The River, which always... Charts, I mean, they don't talk about coming back they after chart, the pandemic and ratings. Yeah, and they chart really high, but I think they chart high because they compete with WSB-FM. They are, even though... For at work listening? Yes. Okay. Even though they're a rock station, they're very light rock. You know, it's the Eagles. It's it's that kind of stuff. It's more of a nostalgic type station as opposed to heavy rock, hard rock, that kind of thing. And B98.5. I mean, they took it in the shorts back in April, in the heart of the pandemic, when it was when nobody was going to because they're they're Atlanta's at work listening station, right? So everybody knew that was going to happen. But the rebound that B ninety eight point five had in May was very impressive to like I think a point and a half. Yes, which increase. which does Huge. show you that things do affect things, and the things are turning around. Yes, that was a good indicator because they are played. They'll you know B ninety eight and the fish are played a lot when you go into doctors' offices or you know banks or wherever. So, great question, Brooke. Thank you. Yes, and so you, you know, everyone is a everyone probably is a P one somewhere. Some people maybe not. I want to check the number as I give it out. You can reach out to us directly anytime via text. You can also leave a voicemail. Make sure you leave your information with us: seven seven zero four six four six zero two four seven seven zero four six four six zero two four. Let's see here. Oh, we got one from Tina Watts. In Hickory, North Carolina. Missed your birthday. Hope it was perfect. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm literally opening it up as we, as we record I love here. that. I continue to love every single podcast. You and Donna are so relatable to the point that I think Donna and I were cut from the same cloth. Love that. I'm consistently talking to each of you with a yes, me too. We think a lot alike. Thank you for all you do. And you know what? Real quick, that's the biggest compliment. It absolutely uh, is. I think Bill Rawlings, Center of the Pod, 
uh, posted something on that last time, uh, last episode, he posted on social media, the exact same thing. And, and, and to hear the word, and, and also Brooke said it in her email, um, humble, uh, I'll work on that. I am. I'm humble <laughs> for the record. But yep. relatable. When you hear the word relatable, that, that's one of the biggest compliments that, that, that you can receive when you're in. Well, I mean, you know, we're just, kind of thing, at so. the end of the day, we're just two people so going, thank through, you, Tina. We're going through the same things everyone else is. Tina and I used and... to date back in high school. Oh, okay. Uh, no voicemails, but thank you, Tina, very much. That came in this morning. All right. So that number again, 770-464-6024. Who introed the show? So who introed the show was um, Allison Warren. I call her Allie. Um, Allison lives um, out in West Cobb and she is my oldest friend literally probably one of my oldest friends from elementary school. We met in elementary school in Smyrna and we kind of grew up together. And then I went away to Georgia and, you know, we, we, we stayed close all through college. We've known each other through her and David, her husband have been dating for a very long time. Like they met in college, but Allison has seen me through some boyfriends and husbands, like different sections, but she has four kids. So she has twins, Anna and Gus, who just graduated from Hillgrove. Imagine having two seniors graduating during this time period. Um, And then she has Catherine and Claire, her other two daughters who are out into the world. And she works at Bernie Elementary School, and she's a parapro there. And Allison just won the Classified Employee of the Year for Bernie. And her husband, David, as I said, um, owns a landscaping company. And Allison is... And I don't say this lightly. She is the kindest, like most honest, loving person. Like you could be going through something and you could say something about someone and she would say, yeah, but, you know, she's just always that positive person. She has always been that positive person in my life and I have the funniest story to tell about Allison. So when we were in middle school, <laughs> this is such a classic Donna story. All right. I had this bear talking about Cabbage Patch dolls. I had this bear that uh, it was like a big, big teddy bear, like one of those big teddy bears. And so it was on my bed. And for whatever reason, I had dressed this teddy bear in a t-shirt, like a 96 rock t-shirt. I'm not, okay, prepare. And a pair of jean shorts. And so I decided for, because at the time you could bring whatever clothes you wanted to bring, you know, for PE. So I decided I guess, whatever reason, in like seventh grade, that I was tired of wearing, you know, whatever I was wearing at the time, gray animals, that I'm going to bring in this outfit to wear for PE. <laughs> it was on the bear? Yes. Jean shorts and a 96 Rock halter top. Not halter top, a t-shirt, but I mean, it was short. So I pack them up, bear in mind. I had never... Did you really do that? Yes. Yes. I had... No, I don't mean dress like that. I mean, did you just do that pun? Yes. Okay. I had never tried these clothes on. I don't even really know where they came from. Okay. Never put them on before. So I bring them in my PE bag, bring them into PE at Griffin Middle School. And I pull them out and I go to put the shorts on and I can't get one leg in them. I I mean, I can't get them on. And I was not, I mean, I was tiny back then, but I mean, this is how tiny. Not not as tiny as a stuffed bear though. The bear was big. Okay. But so I go to Allison and I say, Will you swap PE clothes with me today? And I show her like what I have. (laughs) And what a sweet, loving, beautiful, wonderful Allison say, the best friend in the world. Yes. 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 And Allison's tall because she was like a runner. So 
we had to do hurdles that day. <laughs> we had to play with the earth ball, which I don't know if you remember the earth ball. It was do, this yeah. giant ball that would come out and you would push it around the it's field. Heavy. Yes. Yeah. We had to run. We had to. And Allison, I look over and I'm in normal clothes and that Allison's she's brought. Working it, isn't she? she is in a pair of shorty short jean shorts. <laughs> In a 96 right halter top at Griffin Elementary School. At, is that where No, Griffin Middle School. Middle and school. so this just tells a lot about her character, believe it or not, that, that she's just the best friend in the world. So thank you so much for introing the pod. She listens all the time. She she always tells me, you know, funny things about it. And um, she's a pair pro. She works with a lot of special needs children at Bernie Elementary School. And we appreciate everything she does for the kids. There's, there's no one better that you would want in your classroom than Allison. Thank you much. For intro on the show, um, don't forget, please drop us your photos of your Cabbage Patch doll so we can include them all in the name of your Cabbage Patch kids. So we please. We can include them in the letter this weekend. At ATL Cadillac, at ATL Cadillac on Instagram and Twitter, and the Cadillac Jack fan page on Facebook. We have a small ask of you three things. Help us out if you don't mind. Number one, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything coming up. Number two, rate and leave five-star reviews for the podcast. And number three, show our sponsors some love. Like Wellstar, more than healthcare, people care. 1 800 Hurt 911. Tracy Cousineau and real estate expert advisors. Gallery Furniture in Gainesville. And dinneraffair.com. New episodes Tuesdays and Thursdays of Cadillac Jack, My Second Act, part of the Appen Podcast Network.